Just before we get started, the Second Act Podcast would like to acknowledge that we are recording this podcast on Treaty 7 land inhabited by the Blackfoot Nations. This includes the Siksika, Pikani, and Kainai. We would also like to acknowledge the Sutsina and Stony Nakoda First Nations, as well as the Métis Nations and all people who make their home on Treaty 7 land in southern Alberta. But now that we've paid respects to people that were here before us, let's start the pod. Second Act Podcast. Today's guest is a pretty witty guy with some great jokes, eh, Dad? Well, you've got a little history with this fella. It's, uh, you uh, were the first person in this household to get Quick Dick McDick on your podcast, and I'm uh, bringing up the rear by a couple of years. Yeah, it's uh, he's a really interesting dude with some cool stories and some cool opinions that uh, he can share without enforcing them upon you, which is a really difficult talent to have. Yeah, no, uh, he's, he's, well, he's so unassuming, right? He, he really, as you'll hear in this, he's kind of not all that concerned whether you're along for the ride or not. He's doing what he wants. And, and if you're into it, great, there's room. And if not, well, there's the door. And, and I think that's a really healthy attitude to have. Definitely it is for this. I listened through the pod and um, something I found kind of cool was how the name Quick Dick McDick came to be. He made a Snapchat account and um, set it up so that his name was Quick Dick, but then that was taken. So he went and gave it a last name and that kind of started his whole career pretty much, eh? Yeah, no, for sure. And he talks about how the the humble beginnings and he wasn't anticipating anything to come from it. And lo and behold, now he's out there with, you know, millions of views and thousands of followers and and it's just a really cool story, and it was somebody that we really wanted to get for an episode like the 50th um, episode of the Second Act podcast. Somebody that's kind of a little bit uh, known out there that we could hang our hat on, that we're able to uh, get somebody's like that attention. And it was really cool to to sit down with him. He called, we had it set up, and he called and said, uh, I got to do her this day. Um, that's just the way things are going. So I set it up and uh, and did it in my office in, in downtown Calgary, and it was just a great conversation, so much fun uh, to sit down and talk with uh, Dick. So without any further ado, Quick Dick, Mick Dick. Hey, thanks very much for having me here. Uh, Gord, really appreciate it, man. So Dick, it's it's a lot of fun to sit down and look at some of the stuff, kind of go back, you know, as I'm researching to see, uh, you know, the things that you've done and put put on uh, out into the, the content you put out. And uh, the one thing I, I've kind of, noticed is you are realistically the number one proponent of Saskatchewan going on out in the world right now. People, uh, people can't consume any of your content without, uh, without understanding your love for your home province. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate that. I, I don't know if I'm the number one proponent of it, but I, I, I sure do try. I mean, I was uh, obviously, uh, you know, born and raised here and, uh, and just came, uh, came back to Saskatchewan here about three years ago. And I just, uh, I really love it here. And, uh, there's just, there's great people here. Uh, it, you know, it's a, it's a resource rich province. There's so much opportunity here. It's, it's one of the places where it's still the cost of living is, is, you know, manageable to a certain extent that's changing fast in, in the, in the last little while here, but, uh, you know, what a great place full of great people. And, uh, it's just, it's just a, not only a great place to be f- from, but a, but a great place to live. Right. So at any chance I have the opportunity, obviously to, to promote, uh, my province, I, uh, I try and take complete advantage of it and exploit it. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So why, why don't you talk a little bit about, um, who young Dick was and, and kind of, you talked about coming back. Why don't you take us through, a little bit of uh, of what growing up was and 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 where you took off to that you had to come back from. 
Yeah, sure. I uh, I was I was born in Maple Creek, Saskatchewan, actually uh, down in the southwest corner of the province there. And uh, my my parents uh, were on a ranch down there for years and years. My dad actually worked for the for the PFRA uh, for over thirty years, and his career uh, brought him. We made a quick stop in Radville, Radville, Saskatchewan, just on the other side of Weyburn. Uh, uh, for a very brief moment in time. And then my memories kind of start here in Tuffle. My dad actually took a pasture managing job here. So yeah, I grew up as a little cowboy on a, on a PFRA community pasture and didn't know it at the time, but I grew up as one of the luckiest guys on planet earth. Uh, Cause you know, you're a kid out on the farm and you're like watching your friends in town, pedal their bikes on pavement and go to a swimming pool. And you're trying to pedal a bike on a gravel road and go to the dugout when you want to go for a swim yeah. and stuff. Right. Uh, but that kind of stuff builds character. You just don't know it at the time, right? And uh, yeah, so I grew up uh, learning how to rope and ride. And uh, as I went through school, I got into uh, a little bit of high school rodeo and some team ropings and some stuff. And one year, I just uh, wanted to try this cool thing of collecting a paycheck. Uh, so I, <laughs> I think I would have been about uh, 14 years old and I went working on a custom hand crew, uh, which kind of led me. Uh, to getting into the work environment more, I guess, than pursuing the, uh, the you know, the rodeo slash agriculture side of things. The work was in agriculture, so it was still all kind of under the same roof. I just didn't deal with animals as much as I used to. And yeah, made some made some good coin doing that through the summers. And uh, one summer when I graduated from high school, all of a sudden, you know, at the, at the end of haying season, which was a custom hand crew I was working for, you always went back to school. And then all of a sudden... Uh, I was like, okay, well, we're done hanging. Now what do I do? You know what I mean? And uh, the guy I was working for had a, had a son that was working for a, a, a frack company in Brooks, Alberta. And he picked up the phone, like the old rotary phone on the wall. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> he, he picked it up and called his son right there. And he's like, hey, Dixon's looking for a job. Do you got anything for him? And he's like, yeah, tell him to be here tomorrow. Okay. So it's packed the duffel bag and headed out. And that kind of started my career in oil and gas. And I was in oil and gas for 19 years uh, before I came back to Saskatchewan. I got to I worked mostly wall services. So the frack side is a cool thing because I didn't realize there were so many different aspects to the oil and gas industry as a Saskatchewan boy. I thought it was just a, you know, a, a drilling rig out in the middle of nowhere with a guy with a cowboy hat on top of it, waving it around with oil spewing out of it going, yeehaw, we struck oil. You know what I mean? But that's not how it works, man. There sure is a lot of different working and moving parts in the oil and gas sector in Canada. And I got exposed to a lot of them and you just never stop learning. And my travels took me up to Northern Alberta where I wound up transferring to, and I got to see all of Northern Canada, Northwest territories, the Arctic circle, the Yukon, uh, Northern BC, Northern Alberta. Oh man. And that's why we were talking about Zama uh, before we started here. And yeah, like I, I know the area very well and I just couldn't get enough of it. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of, you know, in, in a nutshell, just like what my history is. And I wound up managing a, a transportation company out of Grand Prairie. And then eventually there was a, you know, a few events transpired. Some things started changing in my life a little bit. And uh, it just kind of spurred me to go like pursue a, a change in career. And in a yeah. roundabout way, uh, it, it led me back home here to Saskatchewan. And some events occurred uh, when I got back here and, this whole thing just kind of started happening. I fell back in love with being home in Saskatchewan. And, uh, and here I am, I'm only three years later back full-time here in Saskatchewan. And, uh, it's, it's been quite the ride these last three years. So. Yeah. Well, I'd say, boy, oh boy, when you go back three years, kind of in the, in the life lifetime of quick Dick McDick, it, uh, you know, it went from, from, uh, kind of this curiosity of, of things then and tons of, 
little idiosyncratic things that Saskatchewan people really understood your number nine wire and that kind of stuff. Um, you, you know, you, you play that stuff, you you can only do it once or twice and then you got to have new stuff. And that's the hard part is parlaying that into something that goes on and on. And, and it's really, um, kind of speaks to the, to the depth and the breadth of what you're doing that you're able to, you know, every week or 10 days kind of put something, albeit our, our federal and provincial governments are giving you no end of fodder, but you're, you're able to take that fodder and do something with it. Yeah. It's uh, I, I, I try and it, it sounds silly for me to say sometimes, but I try and balance it out a little bit. Right. Cause you, you can't just be a, a channel that, or a, or, a, or a person that just all you do is just beat and beat and beat and beat on the government. Cause I mean, yeah, people will watch it and laugh, but eventually like, I mean, I get tired of it, you know, yeah. and that's uh I haven't done a lot of it. I've done to a certain extent in the last little while, but I, I, I reached a point and some of the things that I've been through in the last little while have just uh, have helped me recognize when I have something going on in my life that I need to be aware of. And I just found I was just getting really sick of just beating on the government all the time, which I didn't do all the time, but I like to balance it all out and put some fun Saskatchewan stuff out there. And then all of a sudden I'll do a, you know, a, a music video or something like that. And then I'll do a kid's one and then we'll jump back. I'll go from a kid's video to, cussing and swearing about Justin Trudeau, you know, uh, and then I'll jump over to a telemiracle fundraiser or something, but I don't know. I think that's part of the fun of it. And a lot of people have tried to get me to, you know, you need to rein that in and take your channel down one alley and stay with it. And I'm like, no, no, I don't. I think we can keep everybody guessing. And they're like, well, the, your kids ones won't do good. If you put a swearing one, you know, right next to it kind of thing. I'm like, but it doesn't matter if they do good. If if, if 25,000 kids watch it and have fun and then their parents won't let them watch me for the next three episodes, that's okay too. I remember being a kid and having stuff that I couldn't watch, you know, and, uh, and then there's stuff that I would watch and, you know, it's, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's been fun. I think it's, uh, it, it's fun to just, you know, take everyday normal things sometimes and just see if you can make a joke out of them. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. And, and like, you know, the number that you just said, 25,000, like looking at your number, 75,000 people on YouTube subscribing, uh, 16 and a half thousand on Instagram, 32 and change on, on uh, Twitter. I mean, your your reach is got to be something. There's got to be days when you look at those numbers, Dick, and you're just like, what have I done? Like, how, yeah. how did it get to this? And, and you have to kind of curate those things, right? Uh, the, the one, and so I, when I started this off, I really, really watched subscriber counts close and likes and, and shares and views and all that stuff. And I don't really watch it that close anymore. And I, I feel like if you get too addicted to, to, to what you're watching for what you want to use as, as, you know, measures for success of what you're doing, uh, you can get a little bit lost in it and you try to chase them a little too hard. And, uh, then I, I think that can kind of erode away at what you're trying to do. Um, I've got a, a really cool core group of people just locally in the community here that we're kind of part of this, uh, of my, of my audience, if you want to call it when this all started on Snapchat is how it started. Uh, and I gauge like the productions that I do just by their reactions to it. And if, if I get a, a you know, a private message from most of these people that know me uh, personally in the community and they're like, that was really good. That's kind of all I look for anymore. You know what I mean? And ha- however many other people watch it, it is fantastic. The the craziest one I've really started experimenting with different platforms and, you know, and which, which has the best reach of, with what kind of content or whatever. And um, yeah, like, I mean, just a, a silly video about adding coolant to a, to a John Deere tractor can foster a million views on Facebook is 
you're, you're like, really? <laughs> you know what I mean? But I, I just, I just love the fact that people laugh at it and can find some enjoyment with it. And uh, that's, that's kind of been the goal of it all along is for people to be able to laugh. And sometimes we'll talk about serious topics, but try and do it in a goofy way so that it doesn't completely depress you <laughs> when you yeah. talk about it, right? Yeah, there's lots of that to, to uh, content to find. You don't need to make more of it. So you, you mentioned Snapchat kind of is where the genesis of the the quick Dick McDick public persona was. But why, why don't you maybe tell us a little bit about like who, you know, when, when you transformed from Dick to quick Dick, and who, who some of those people were and and when you realized hey they're you know you, people don't have to know me personally to find this funny yeah sure uh so like i i kind of am quick dick like uh dixon delorme is quick dick just with a little bit of you know i i call it a little bit of extra spicy barbecue on on myself you know what i mean <laughs> Uh, I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a goofy guy. I always have been. My two brothers are absolute clowns and, uh, it, and my dad and mom are both really funny people. And, you know, uh, they, they raised us, uh, they raised us to, to be able to, you know, laugh at ourselves. They raised us with a lot of, uh, self-confidence. Um, you know, not that we're full of ourselves, but we're, we're humble enough to be able to admit who we are and, and comfortable enough with who we are to, to laugh at who we are. And, and that's okay. And a lot of people I think in the world have, have problems laughing at themselves and I have zero problem laughing at myself whatsoever. I think I'm most of the time the biggest dummy on any of the stuff that I've got going on and, and that's kind of turned into this character. But yeah, just uh, like I said, I'd, I'd left my career in uh, in in Grand Prairie and, and came home and I was actually on a motorcycle trip waiting for uh, another opportunity in oil and gas to come through in the Mooba Desert in Australia. And uh and just I I created a Snapchat account because I deleted all my social media and whatnot and got a different phone number and everything to just kind of turn a page uh, uh, coming forward back uh, in, into this next part of my life. And I just had Snapchat to stay in touch with, you know, I had a, a brother and uh, and one of my good buddies that's a chuck wagon racer uh, north of Saskatoon uh, on it. And I didn't really know how to work Snapchat, but I'd actually went to create a username uh, so that nobody would find me on Snapchat because I just wanted to hide off social media for a while. Yeah, <laughs> I kind of screwed that one up. Uh, and uh, I, I just my name is Dixon Dick for short. And I was like, well, my brother would find it hilarious if I if I called myself Quick Dick on Snapchat. He'll think that's hilarious, right? And uh, that that username was taken on Snapchat, so I don't know who Quick Dick is out there. But uh, so I was like, well, I'll just add a last name McDick. That'll be funny, right? And. Uh, that's where the name came from just kind of by accident. And one day I was just out cutting firewood with my dad, which is what you do when you come home. And I was on a little four day stop over in Foam Lake on their Tufnell, sorry, on this, uh, on this big motorcycle trip. And uh, we were just out cutting firewood and I didn't have my phone blowing up. I didn't have anything going on. I had nobody bugging me. I was just, and I kind of got a really busy mind and we were just crushing a beer going out to cut some firewood. And I was looking around at the surroundings and what we were doing. And I was like, this is, this is the funniest thing. I've ever seen in my life. It's something that I've done a million times, but all of a sudden it was funny to me because I was kind of looking at it from the outside in. And that's really how I started looking at everything here now at home and what I do and where I get all my content from is I just try and look at it from an outside perspective looking in and be like, yeah, that's actually kind of funny, right? So I just started like doing Snapchat bits as this character named Quick Dick McDick. It started off as an infomercial for, you know, a firewood company making a bunch of inappropriate jokes and a lot of people wanted me to add them to their Snapchat, um, and I started doing that. And then, like, that's kind of where 
you know, it really started taking off. Uh, just I, I did 60 seconds every day on Snapchat as Quick Dick McDick was yeah. something that I found funny. And it got to the point where Snapchat, everything comes down after 24 hours, which thank God, because some of the stuff I put up earlier there is probably still going to land me in a lawsuit here or there kind of thing. But uh, <laughs> it, people started bugging me to, to send them ones that I'd done uh, that they couldn't find anymore. And that started to get a bit annoying. So I, I, just, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to put this on, on a YouTube channel thing or whatever. And then you can click on it as much as you want and do whatever you want with it. Right. And then I did one called uh, trains versus pipelines, which was a bit longer of one uh, than what I usually did. Some guy uh, posted that to his, uh, to his Facebook account and it just like, it just absolutely exploded. And that's, from there, everything just really, really like started taking off. And, and, and yeah, like here we are today, uh, just kind of still going at it, <laughs> which is, I, yeah. I never would have expected it to last this long to be perfectly honest, but here we are, I guess. Right. Well, and, and I mean, I, I remember the first one I got, uh, somebody forwarded to me of yours was about the old farm truck and the yeah, guy farm was, trucks. I love that one. Yeah. And the guy I worked for, I'm from Carrot River, Saskatchewan. So I worked on drilling rigs um, in the winter and back home on the farm in the summer. And we, he had like the the worst old farm truck. And then I, you know, I moved on after a bunch of years and I go back and ride the combine with them. And lo and behold, the farm truck on that farm now is like a Cadillac of a truck, right? And <laughs> we're, we're laughing about how Quick Dick's got this old farm truck video and then you know, you go back 20 years later and the, the air conditioner and the swather works and the farm truck has leather seats and you're wondering where the heck was this when I was out here, you know? So that one <laughs> right. was, it's, uh, it's, it's just interesting which ones resonate, I guess, as I, as I, I went back and looked at a bunch of them when, uh, when, when you and I did met our connected and, and cause I wanted yeah. to have them fresh and it was funny. The ones that, that resonated that I didn't have to watch that I remembered. So, Oh, that's, uh, that's awesome. I appreciate that. And, and yeah, this, it's, it's even a lot of what I do, like, especially now I've, I've slowed down a little bit on my uploads and started doing some live shows and whatnot. And that's what, what basically 99% of my live show is, is just, it's not something you could take downtown Vancouver or, or into the GTA or something like that and expect the comedy show to go good, but you can go to pretty much any small town between, you know, central B central to Northeastern BC, all the way over to, you know, central Ontario kind of thing. And you could do this show and, and everybody yeah. would be like, yep, yeah, that's pretty much how I grew up. You know what I mean? So uh, that, that content always does seem to do the best, you know, with the, uh, with more of a rural crowd kind of thing, you can do something politically spicy and you know, it's going to get a lot of different traction into the political political sphere of, of social media. But uh, I, I really think it's cool. The, the amount of traction that you can get with some goofy farm stuff and just how crazy it really goes. And it's not even in Canada, you know, you got such a big agricultural community throughout the world. I mean, you know, I've got guys from all over from, from us over to Australia, to New Zealand, to Scotland, to Ireland. I mean, it's, it's, it's insane the reach that social media gives you, but you're even with that coolant video, I keep using on, on that I uploaded on Facebook. I mean, there's, there's guys in Australia that have had the exact same problem and they think it's funny and, and that's cool. I like that. You know what I mean? Except yeah. that, yeah, mate, yeah, that time I tried to put that coolant in there, mate. Oh yeah. It's crackers. That's, <laughs> <I'm going out. laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Um, so, so why don't you talk a little bit about the work that you're putting into to quick dick now, because you, like you said, you're doing some of these other things that I follow you along on social media and, I'm, I'm, you're, you're at trade shows and, and all these different uh, things you're doing 
in in the email I sent you, I called it philanthropy, but it's it's really like you're you're lending your voice to all these um, causes and different things within you know the ag and the and the energy industry. Um, that that's got to be as much like there's as much opportunity there as you want to put into it. What's what's that look like for you these days? There there really is, and I, I I've noticed in the last little bit that. Uh... Uh, <laughs> like I'm, I'm currently booked for any of the available dates that I have, which I don't have a lot of available dates, I think is my biggest problem is because I mean, I'm really busy with the farm. And like, I'm lucky that, you know, I, I work for Mark on, on the bar, our ranch. And uh, I guess you could probably see I'm repping his brand here or whatever, yeah. uh, which is kind of where this started. And, uh, you know, I, I've started getting back into cattle myself and everything here this year. I had my land rented out and a whole bunch of complicated stuff or whatever, and, and needed to get my tenants time to get out. But, uh, so it, it gives me a little bit of time to to get away. It also gives him a little bit of time to get away with his family. So we kind of, uh, you know, uh, par partner up on on sharing the workload or whatever. But still, you only have limited dates. And I'm I'm booked until February of 2023 right now, which is wow. insane. Yeah, but I've, I've been given a really unique privilege uh, to have the the ability to do this. And I really, especially now coming out of COVID, uh, I, I really uh, appreciate the opportunity to, to go to communities live and, and give people the, the chance to get out and have some drinks and have some laughs because I think uh, that's one thing that's really been missing over the last few years. And uh, there's been, man, I've been so lucky to be able to help, you know, different foundations and fundraisers and whatnot uh, raise money. You know, we've, we've done ones for seniors care homes and for, uh, you know, daycares and, you uh, it's, it's, it's just endless. And I mean, there's been some other opportunities, like you said, to go to ag shows and, and do comedy. And uh, there's been some times when I was at Agribition and whatnot, you know, I had a little bit of talk about mental health and, and how that was all kind of a part of this being created and whatnot. And it's, you, I could literally turn it into a full-time job right now, but I mean, that would kind of be almost a suicide of the character because I think what connects me most to people you know, throughout the world is, is being that goofy guy that's on the farm that people can relate to as well. So, I mean, you, you can't just let that part of it fall off because that's kind of what got, got you to where you are and what keeps your reach and people interested in what you're doing. So it's, it's super busy. Like I have a stand up comedy show that's, that's an hour and a half and like, I'm no Ron White or, or, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, but I, I, I wrote it and, and it takes a lot of time to do all this material. So you've got that hour and a half that you do for a show and then, you know, have a mental health talk that I do and, and a few other things. And so it's all I find myself very, uh, very overwhelmed with trying to create everything and to, and to try and keep a balance of it. And I feel like that online presence that people kind of demand a little bit, that's just at their fingertips where they don't have to go out to a hall and do anything. They can just watch it. They, they really want that part of it. So it's it's hard to keep it all moving you know what i mean because when i'm on the road for a week it, it's hard to create content when you're on the road for a week busy yeah. with all this other stuff so it's super busy but i mean i love it and the and the fact that we've had the opportunity to just do so much fundraising and do so much good with with the character is is just i never would have expected it to be uh, to be this this much of a privilege and this humbling to to be able to do it so well and that's i mean the the character quick dick big dick has dirty fingernails the the day you show up you know what i mean manicured yeah. and beard trimmed to a perfect point people are gonna are you saying my beard's not trimmed is that what you're saying or what? well the the internet's fuzzy dick so i can't see exactly <laughs> how coiffed it is but it's uh, not it's, it's probably got barley chaff in it too so it's okay yeah but but the the authenticity of that of that character requires you to have 
certain amount of time spent doing the work and creating yeah. that video. And I think that's that's an important part of it. And you, you mentioned another thing that I, I like to talk about with my guests, and, and it is a big part of what you do, is the mental health aspect. I, uh, I about 20 episodes ago, I, uh, I had, I think, a lady that you're familiar with, Leslie Kelly, High Heels and Canola Fields. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, she talked about, you know, the need for mental health uh, help and, and raising the awareness of the importance of, of being able to talk about it within agriculture. And growing up in an agriculture family and agriculture background, um, I, I don't think I ever understood what, you know, a farmer's life really is and, and, and how isolating it can be. Mm-hmm. And, and now we have all these opportunities and we have people like Leslie and like yourself um, bringing a spotlight to it. And I think the pandemic has, has allowed people to talk about it more freely. But are yeah. we finding that in the agriculture industry that that's something that at the end of the comedy show people want to talk about for 15 minutes? Or are you still kicking in the doors to, to talk about stuff like that? Uh, so I, I guess, first of all, I mean, uh, hats off to Leslie. I, I do not hold a candle to, to what she does uh, to, to advocate for mental health. And there's a lot of other people in the agricultural industry that, uh, that, are, that are huge advocates of it. Um, I, I think my journey was a little different uh, because uh, I, I, in my own life, actually wound up running into some of my mental struggles in the oil and gas industry, not specifically in the agriculture industry. And then when I came back into agriculture, uh, I discovered that it was all kind of the same, but this, this all trends down from, from my dad going through a, a, a mental breakdown. Uh, man, I was, I would have been 2021 when that happened with him. And this, you know, this, a, a guy that raised us to be tough cowboys and didn't want to talk yeah. about anything, you know, we, real men don't talk about stuff. You just suck it up and keep going. And my dad went through some struggles in the agriculture industry with cattle and, and whatnot. And, uh, a, 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 f- a few years after that, he he actually took the time to to you know sit all of us boys down individually at different times and and share with us what what he'd gone through and how he went through it and the events leading up to it and whatnot. Uh, and for him, to, I never realized that at the time. But when you look back at it now, for for him to have the bravery to be able to to do that and talk to his boys that he told all his life to just shut up and keep going. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's that's a big hill to to crawl over, right? And then I wound up in a, in a situation, you know, in the oil and gas industry where I was, you know, same things that he talked to me that were, that were triggering events leading up to, to the episode that he'd gone through. You know, I was stressed all the time, no break from work, didn't sleep, stopped eating, uh, early onset of depression and a few different things. And, uh, there was just, I just remember a point where I, 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 it had been a night where I'd only slept for two hours and there'd been a wreck the night before, and then you got to go manage office duties the next day kind of thing. And I just remember getting out of bed and sitting on the corner of my bed with my head in my hands, thinking to myself, I, I hate my life. And that was kind of, it, it, it just set off that firework inside of me thinking you, you are headed exactly where your dad shared with you that, that he was headed. Yeah. And I was able to recognize it myself and start taking control of my life again and started getting myself back on track and decided to start making changes that were going to be better for me and get that happy person back that I wanted to be. And not everyone has the, you know, not everybody can do that by themselves, nor should they try and do that by themselves. If, if you feel like you can't get control of anything, you need to find help and talk to somebody. There's people out there that you can talk to. Um, and it, and I, I was very successful in getting myself back to a place where I was happy and I had control of my life again. And now I have a, a very, you know, I'm in a very good position where I've done it several times already with the creation of Quick Dick, where I'll notice that right away I'll be like, whoa. 
I'm, I'm headed in the wrong path here right now and I need to get back over on track where I want to be. And so I'm very aware of it. And I just, I, I hope that some of the things that I can do and, and get across to people can, can help them do that. And, and if not that, then at least give them, you know, one to 10 minutes where they can just unplug a little bit from the world and just laugh watching some goofy guy with a beard do something yeah. silly. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, and it's, it's important that, uh, I think it's important that everybody knows that, um, the, you know, cause you do kind of straddle that line. You talked earlier that quick Dick and Dick are, are just spicy, spicy yeah. barbecue sauce away from being each other. It's important to understand for people that are following you along that, that the, the, the guy who, Oh, Hey, blue ball, that guy isn't Dick all the time. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and it's, it's, it's cool that you're able to, to speak freely about that, especially like, um, you know, somebody of your father's generation to be yeah. able to, you know, that he was on the leading edge of that. If he did that 20, 15 years ago in Satchi Downs, right? Tip of the spear, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, so when, that's, 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 that's been an important part of, of a lot of the stuff that I've done. Uh, I think even sometimes at the end of a video, like I'll just, some people don't watch to the end and that's fine. But at the end of a video, sometimes I'll just kind of like fully shut quick dick off and just, yeah. you know, have a conversation kind of like what we're having right now. And, you know, uh, social media can be a dangerous place too. If, if you're a person that's affected by, you know, what other people think of you and uh, you know, if you take comments to heart or what people say to you versus what you say to other people, it's always important to remember whether it's just, you know, whether you have a hundred people following you on Facebook or a hundred thousand, I mean, you're not really talking to a real person. Most of the time you're talking to a, 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 a small portion of that individual that's comfortable saying what they're saying to you behind the security of a screen and you not knowing who they are kind of thing. So it's, it's important, even if you're, you know, if, if you're putting yourself out on social media to, to be able to, you know, differentiate between what's harming you and what's not, and you need to be able to shut a lot of those off. Cause I, like I get a lot of hate on a lot of the stuff I do as well, which is fine uh, because it rolls off of me like water off a duck's back. Like I'm just, I've got very thick skin when it comes to that kind of stuff. And half the time I'm just like, you know what? That person probably doesn't even mean it. And if I was sitting across the table from them having a beer right now, it would be a completely different conversation. You know what I mean? So yep. um, that's, that's kind of an important part of things too, uh, that, that people need to keep in mind when they're interacting with, with, you know, online personas or people or accounts and things like that. Right. Yeah, and that was that was actually a great answer to my next question was how do you handle the negative uh, feedback and and everybody has it and it sounds like you've uh, you're able to really kind of differentiate um, the stuff that they're saying to Quick Dick McDick and the stuff that they're saying to Dick <laughs> Warm right yeah and that's uh, and and it's funny too and like you know uh, man that I, I did a just because of the trucker convoy and everything that had been going on, I did a, I did a video called thank a trucker, which was just a whole bunch of swearing and goofing around. Cause I mean, I've been in the transportation industry since for 19 years, you know? Um, and I like, I know, I know Alberta transportation better than Saskatchewan transportation. Cause that's where I worked as a, you know, as an operations manager of a, of a oil field transportation company. I know, I know trucking inside out, especially in, in Alberta and federal trucking regulations. And the amount of people even just cussing me out on that being like you're not even a trucker you're a farmer i'm like oh okay well whatever you think i mean is fine right but at the end of it i just kind of got really real and gave my opinion and there's a lot of people sometimes i'll create a little bit of a i unintentionally do it but i'll create a little bit of an echo chamber where i'll you know be, be cursing trudeau and, and carbon tax and a bunch of different stuff and you get a lot of people that that's all they want to hear 
So as soon as you have an opinion on something, all of a sudden that doesn't align with what they want to hear, that you just get this massive lash at you because all of a sudden you've disrupted somebody that's comfortable inside of an echo chamber, only hearing opinions that they want to hear. And if they're looking up to you to get those opinions from you, well, no matter what your opinion is, Gord, or what my opinion is, when I use my YouTube channel or, you know, my Twitter feed or my Facebook or my Instagram or my TikTok, because I like to let Chairman Mao know what's going on with my bank accounts. Um, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to give you my opinion, you know, and you can either choose to keep following or, or you can not follow kind of thing or whatever. I'm just going to keep being me and quick dick is kind of me. And, uh, you know, I've done a, another one was my, uh, was my vaccination, uh, COVID-19 vaccine video that I did that, uh, you know, I support for healthcare workers. I've got a lot of healthcare workers in my family and I, I wanted to support them and show them that they had my support. And, uh, you know, the, the, just the amount of hate that I got off of something like that was was insane. You know what I mean? And um, a lot of people will be like, you're 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 going to grenade your channel with this video. Take it down immediately or whatever. You're going to lose all of your followers and subscribers. And I'm like, OK, first of all, I don't care how many subscribers or followers I have. I just put my content out there. But the funny thing after it is when you see people like cursing you out and all that kind of stuff and your subscriber count just keeps going up and up and up and up because you're going to lose a little bit of dead weight off of some of your subscribers. And then you're going to gain a whole bunch more that are okay with a little bit more open of a mind and a difference in opinions and stuff. And it's just, you know, you, you just yeah. keep on doing your thing and it just, it just doesn't get to me. I don't know why it just doesn't. So I'm, I well, guess I'm very lucky. Maybe I've just, it's because I have no heart and no feeling, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> well, I, I would suggest it's probably more, uh, you, you let your, um, the reasonable portion of your brain override uh, as much of the the negative emotion and and that's i'm i'm very small right i i'm uh, i have one podcast that went over a thousand downloads the rest are around that 100 to 150. all right um, yeah. I, I don't get a lot of negative feedback i get a lot of my mom telling me that i'm the most handsome podcaster in all of podcasts <laughs> so there's nothing like a mother's love hey eh? that's right yeah so i don't get the negative <laughs> Um, so I want to be cognizant of your time. Just got a couple things left. I want to talk yeah, about, sure. I guess, uh, the one that uh, I'd really like to talk about is, uh, right at the start of COVID, my, my son started a podcast and reached out to you and you appeared on his podcast and, and yeah, I think yeah, he did right? like six more pods. Yeah. I think it was 13 total. Um, and he wanted me to let you know that you were the most listened to podcast of the PRP. So, well, I am, uh, I am very honored to hear that. And, uh, Man, he's got to get some better guests if I'm the if I'm the biggest one that they listen to, I guess. <laughs> well, <laughs> no. he, uh, he he really enjoyed it doing it, but uh, we weren't uh, set up for it. It was in the the very beginning of COVID. Nobody knew what was going on, so yeah, absolutely. Okay, you know what? And I, I remember that because uh, because we I I always try and check out you know an episode or two before I jump on a podcast, and I just. I saw that he'd interviewed Donnie Peranto and yeah. then I, I listened to 10 seconds of it and I was like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll do this podcast. It sounds great because I'm such a huge Donnie Peranto fan. And I remember that one specifically because I was actually in the tractor picking rocks when we did that podcast. I totally remember it and I felt terrible because my audio sucked so bad, but uh, it was, uh, yeah, he did, he did great. Yeah. And that's, uh, it, it, I love seeing kids, uh, you know, get, getting in on their creative side and doing things and, I, I love doing little quicks videos where we get to involve kids and we all get to have fun and dance and play around. And it's, it's just, it's fun. You know, that's what this whole thing is supposed to be is fun. And uh, uh, yeah, that was, I, I hats off to Liam. That was, that was really fun to be able to do that podcast. So. 
Yeah, no, that's uh, it, it was a lot of fun, and he still talks about it when when people find out he had it. He tells he people he had uh, Quick Dick McDick and Donnie Peronto on. So <laughs> he had uh, he had his dad and a couple of his aunts on. They don't rate the mention. So <laughs> so to, to wrap up things, Dick, I like to ask uh, ask our guests kind of now that you're in on this second act where you're you're no longer a, an operations manager and and you're not really. A full-time farmer you're not really a full-time content creator you're mm -hmm. you're happy you've got this path in front of you what does success look like to you and and so far does it look like anything you thought success would be uh I, i'm i'm living success uh i think you are too uh you've got a family and some kids that you can be proud of and you're not uh, in a bread line to a soup kitchen uh or trying to find where your next uh cardboard boxes that you're going to sleep in or whatnot uh one thing that social media has really done to me is is it's expanded my views into a lot of other people's lives and maybe sometimes how other people have have a have a tough time with life and getting through things and struggle with addictions and a few other things and uh, I, I I like to think I am successful I had a, I had a great you know career in, in oil and gas I worked really hard at it to to the point where I was maybe even battling an addiction of my own being addicted to work uh, and this has just been I, I think probably the second act, yeah, I guess if that's what you want to call it in my life, is just uh, I'm, I'm enjoying it a lot more. And the f the fact that I just get to get out of bed and, and do stuff that makes me happy every day, I, I call that success. Uh, I don't measure success by by finances, you know, or, or by how much you own. Uh, I, I guess I measure it by how happy you are and, and how happy you can be with the people that you've surrounded yourself with. And uh, as long as I continue to measure success like that, I will call myself 100% successful. Uh, and I think we maybe get lost a little bit too much as humans trying to chase the almighty dollar and how big is my house and how many square foot is my garage. And I've got this collector car and this, uh, this is a year of my motorcycle and everything. I'm in debt over my head that I'll never be able to pay off again kind of thing. And uh, I've overspent my next three paychecks. You know, I, we, we get too lost in all of that. Uh, I think we, we as humans need to maybe focus a little bit more on the, on the important things in life. So that, that's how I would look at my second act in, in life is just maybe adjusting what I would consider happiness or success. And as long as I can keep focused on that, which I, I haven't had trouble doing in the last little while, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm calling that good and a win. Well, there you have it. Quick Dick McDick as the guest on the 50th episode of the second act podcast. And, and Dick really uh, played into the, the theme of the, the pod, he, he talked about his second act as this internet persona, Dixon DeLorme just becoming quick Dick McDick to, you know, hundreds of thousands and millions of people around the world. He talks about the reach that he has with his channels and, and his persona. And, and he's just a good old Saskatchewan farm boy who, uh, who went and swung for the fences and decided that after a few home runs, he was just going to come home and, and do it his way. And it's really interesting to hear kind of the background ruminations of what goes into those decisions and being a, an internet persona like like quick dick mcdick when you go down to the cafe and you're just dick and nobody you know really knows or cares i guess ab about the performance of your last video and, and it's just a matter of being a good person and being a good guy and, and the rest of it will shine through dick was uh, really gracious that we talked a little bit in there about how he appeared on my son's podcast at the beginning of um covid in, in 2020 and and he you know it was just a super neat reach out to him he gets back to you right away he's just a a down-home boy and and uh he, he helped liam out and, and here he is today helping us out so 
couldn't couldn't be happier to bring you quick dick mcdick i hope you guys found him interesting um he's an interesting guy that's for sure he's he's got a lot of different things on the go if you watch his his content he like he says keeps it mixed up and keeps you guessing on what's coming next and i think that's part of the fun because whether or not you're doing a tough at 10 or uh, farming with kids or any of the other things it's all pertinent it all makes sense and ultimately it's funny it's well done and that's that's why he's so successful he does a great job of it so it's uh it's been really cool to to get to episode 50 and uh, have somebody like quick dick big dick offer to join us or, or take us up on our offer to join us and uh, we're really excited to see where we're going with the next um, bit of it. You know, I've had a couple of people ask me, what's the plan for the Second Act podcast? And uh, my, my friend Seth Anderson says, how do you know when a, when a painting's finished? And, and I guess you just know. And, and we're going to keep going with the Second Act podcast. We don't think we're done here yet. There's too many people who have too many great stories to share. So as we say at the end, 50 times now, there are no wrong answers. There's no test at the end. So make the most out of every day. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Second Act Podcast. Today's guest is a pretty witty guy with some great jokes, eh, Dad? Well, you've got a little history with this fella. It's, uh, you uh, were the first person in this household to get Quick Dick McDick on your podcast, and I'm uh, bringing up the rear by a couple of years. Yeah, it's uh, he's a really interesting dude with some cool stories and some cool opinions that uh, he can share without enforcing them upon you, which is a really difficult talent to have yeah no uh, he's he's well he's so unassuming right he he really as you'll hear in this he's kind of not all that concerned whether you're along for the ride or not he's doing what he wants and and if you're into it great there's room and if not well there's the door and and i think that's a really healthy attitude to have definitely it is for this i listened through the pod and um something i found kind of cool was how the name quick dick mcdick came to be he made a snapchat account and um set it up so that his name was quick dick but then that was taken so he went and gave it a last name and that kind of started his whole career pretty much eh? yeah no for sure and he talks about how the the humble beginnings and he wasn't anticipating anything to come from it and lo and behold now he's out there with you know millions of views and thousands of followers and and it's just a really cool story. And it was somebody that we really wanted to get for an episode like the 50th um, episode of the Second Act podcast. Somebody that's kind of a little bit uh, known out there that we could hang our hat on that we're able to uh, get somebody's like that attention. And it was really cool to to sit down with them. He called. We had it set up and he called and said, uh, I got to do her this day. Um, that's just the way things are going. So I set it up and uh, and did it in my office in, in downtown Calgary and it was just a great conversation, so much fun uh, to sit down and talk with uh, Dick. So without any further ado, Quick Dick, Mick Dick.